and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tigercast. I'm your host, Michaels, and we've got two very special guests with us today. The first guest has been a Bigfooty member since 2000, 2016 and is our guru editor of the show, Wacko Jacko. Welcome to you. Thanks, Michaels. Good to be here. And our second guest has been a Bigfooty member since 2011. Please welcome Che88. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm wrapped to be on. You guys, both you're doing great work with the podcast. Well, Wacko makes us all sound like a million bucks, so as long as he doesn't put himself ahead of us this week, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to be deputy trying to make me sound good, but have a crap. <laughs> all right, as we start off every week, we find out who our guests or how they became a Richmond supporter. So, Wacko, we'll start with you. How did you become a Richmond supporter? Um, well, I'm, I'm on, on the younger side of things. Um, I've been a member since I was five years old. My dad brought me into it. Um, since 2002 was my first year after the finals, he thought, oh, beauty, get the sun in. We're going to be successful. And uh, between 2002 and 2012, I saw about 240-odd games, and we uh, won about 30% of those. So I've seen not much good stuff up until then. Um, so I was stoked when we started making the finals the last few years, and it's uh, certainly improved my viewing experience and the, the fun time I have at the footy. Um, but apart from that, it, I mean, for me, it's, it's it's not really like winning or losing. I enjoy the wins and get annoyed at the losses, but it, it's good family time for me. That's the uh, the big thing. Yeah, I must admit, I used to let the losses really get to me. Like, not take it personally, but I just got really disappointed by it. But yeah, now there are bigger things in life than just a footy result. So now it's always good to make it a bit of family time. And what about yourself, Chuck? Um, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, I'll just uh, butt in. Um, the, the, the good thing is about starting out your life as a Tiger supporter in this day and age is you don't expect anything good because I had 10 years of other crap. So now any any good results, are, I'm stoked how, up and about. How much better does it feel? You're just such a nice surprise. Oh, it's it's, it's, oh, it's I couldn't even explain how it felt when we actually started winning things and made that first final. It was, it was like my whole life got flipped upside down. But like we were just <laughs> saying before the recording, we all sit there and wait for it to come, you know, tumbling down. It's just the way of the Richmond supporter. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we, if we don't, if we don't wait for it, we definitely expect it. Yeah. Uh, and what about yourself, Trey? How did you become a Richmond supporter? Uh, yeah, um, eighteen months old. Won a raffle at my um, dad's Strathmore Football Club in the EDFL. So uh, he played out there. So he won a raffle when I was eighteen months old. So I grew up with a um, signed Jim Jim Jess Ghost football. Uh, so when I started being able to play football, I always had a Richmond football. And uh, much to the dismay of my dad, who was a, a very big Carlton supporter, um, he had one more crack at trying to convert me. But unfortunately, we lost uh, as favourites in the 82 grand final. So um, the only merchandise that was at the shop, he wanted to buy me Carlton stuff. But unfortunately, it was all sold. It was just the Richmond stuff left. So um, I just always had Richmond stuff around me. And I've been a member since I was about five. Oh, we, we all think you've made the right choice there. I will say one thing, though, that uh, Wacko was just talking about before. It was funny. I remember my first day uh, at school, grade prep, and you get signed like a you know, like a mentor, like a grade six kid. And he turned to me and he said, oh, you know, a bit of band. He's like, who do you barrack for? So I was like, oh, I barrack for Richmond. And he turned to me and went, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, everyone barracks for Richmond. They win everything. 
That was the last time I ever heard that for the next probably 25, 30 years. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't heard that any time in the last few years. Yeah, well, unfortunately for me, sort of that 82, 83 period at my age is where I remember from. And if you know our history from sort of 82, 83 to now, um, I've chosen a really bad time to be a supporter. Yeah, I think most of mm. us have. All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the Autopsy Play of the Year Award. So this is updated as of round 18 after the GWS game. So the votes that were handed out this week, we had Dusty got the five, Cochin got four, Vlosten got three, Rance got two, and Brennan Ellis got one. Uh, Wacko, do, do those votes fit into where you think they were going to be? Yeah, I mean, we sort of spoke about it, and Dusty, you know, uh, he, he sprays a few of the kicks and stuff, but... I mean, it was a pretty good team performance after quarter time. Can't really fault anyone in my eyes. Um, a couple that were quiet. Corey Ellis wasn't involved probably as much as we'd like, but I think it's it, it, it's pretty much what I expected. The one, the one I thought that might have snuck in there was Asprey. I thought he had a pretty good game, but like you said, it was a pretty good team game, so very hard to, to pick a, some clue winners there. So the updated leaderboard for the votes for the year. In fifth place is Sean Grigg on 12 votes. Fourth place, Toby Nankervis on 14 votes. Tied third place is Kane Lambert and Jack Rewalt on 15 votes. Tied in second place is Alex Rance and Trent Cochran on 38 votes. And he has extended his lead again in first place, Dusty Martin on 58 votes. I think he's going to be pretty hard to catch there, Cherry. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Martin uh, increased his votes to the point where he will not lose and probably added a few extra zeros to any contract negotiation going on at the moment as well, again. But uh, having, having, said, well, have, sorry, having said that, um, I, I agree with everything Wacko said. It was it was definitely an even team performance, which is why I was um, really rapid at the game. But I, I'd probably even put maybe even Cochin a touch ahead of Martin in the game, only because when it was there to be won, he definitely definitely lifted for us. He did. I think that moment where he burst out of the back line between two or three mm. plays and hit Jack Rewalt in the centre of the ground. Like, I know it's only one moment in a game, but he just does some inspirational stuff right when we need it. He's just, his hunger for the ball is unbelievable. Oh, 100%. And the Ashbury, definitely, maybe towards the end, he faded a bit, but early, early doors, Ashbury was fantastic. I mean, he, he's gone from being, us talking about him being, well, he's actually quite a good backman to probably one of the better backmen in the league. And really, it wasn't that long ago, and I, I know we've mentioned it before, but it wasn't that long ago that posters were asking for him to be traded or delisted or something like that. They didn't want to bar of it, but he's he's pretty important to us now. Yeah, yeah I've always been a fan. Sorry. I was just saying, up the two knee reconstructions at a young age, I mean, he's come back really well. Yeah, it's full credit to him. I mean, the club obviously felt pretty confident giving him the number 12 at such a young age and I think he's starting to repay that kind of faith now we'll uh, move on to the roast and toast uh, so Wacko you've got the roast this week what have you got for us I'm going to be a bit of an unpopular one or popular in some cases and roast the umpires um, just I think if the game was it two nights on Friday night had almost a record number of free kicks or something. And then 22 free kicks in the first quarter for our game was, you know, sometimes you get that for a four quarter match. It's just, it's, it's almost getting out of control. The amount of rules and gray areas and it's every umpire has got their own version of the rules, what they think. And it, it, I think they just need to try and rein it back a bit, put the whistle away and start trying to get some consistency. 
Yeah, it felt like they were just trying to really take control of the game, but there, there wasn't much sort of rough stuff going on. Um, and some of the free kicks for both teams really weren't there to be paid. And yeah, like you say, 22 free kicks in a quarter is just extraordinary. I think it was 58 for the game. That's yeah, that's unheard of. I mean, some mm. teams don't even tackle that many times, let alone free kicks paid for two teams. Yeah, I've definitely got no complaints about the fairness of the umpiring GWS favouring our house. It, you know, it's just too many whistles. You don't want to see. You want to see the football move from end to end with players kicking and handballing the ball. You don't just want to see free kick, free kick, free kick. And there were some passages of play where the ball managed to move almost all the way down the ground purely through free kicks. And the, the funny thing is, is watching on TV, the commentators actually made note of the fact that the umpires blowing the whistle, they thought, was opening the game up and making it more free-flowing. And I don't think that yeah. should be something they should endorse <laughs> or yeah, pump up because, yeah, you just want let the boys play kind of thing. Just put the whistle away and pay the ones that are there. That's all they have to do. And like you said, with all the grey areas, sometimes they're just getting a, a bit too technical um, and they don't have a sense of occasion. Like, I know that deliberate out-of-bounds that was paid against Rance, it's like it's pouring rain. And he's trying to pick up the ball on a half volley and it's gone out of bounds. What's he going to do? Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to the toast. So, Che, you've got the toast. What have you got for us? Uh, well, just two quick things. I know we've definitely been you know, battered from pillar to post in when it comes to our leadership, um, Cochin in particular, uh, but the other guys as well, you know, Rewalt in the past, etc. I just really think that whether it was the style of game they played when they knew the weather had set in, the way they held their nerve, the fact that we, you know, we turned it on after being pretty much smacked in that first quarter. Um, I just think our leadership for most of the year, and definitely in that GWS game, really, really stood up. I mean, and even guys like, you know, even guys like Kane Lambert or, or have lost him down back. Um, I know he was Vic Metro country, uh, Vic Metro captain when he was younger. But those got a lot of guys, Grimes, that a lot of them are carrying leadership roles in the team. And I just think it's been one of our strengths and it's something we always get a lot of grief for in the past. Yeah, it's definitely turned around, uh, especially more from last year. It was just diabolical around last year. But like you said, it's the younger guys stepping up as well. I mean, Vlostom has always touted as potentially our next captain at some stage. Um, and he's well, he's only back after an extended stint on the sideline. And he was just massive in that game. He was unbelievable. He's marking. Yeah, he was fantastic. I was like, like, you almost forget, and it's and it's a testament to the back line at the moment because Hawley's very good. You almost forgot that Hawley had to come back into the back line. Mm-hmm. Because they were going really well, and Boston was reading the play really well. But that, but that definitely was that leadership. And the other one was, I suppose, that sort of ties in with that is is just our and Wacko said it before, um, our mid tier players, or for want of a better word, not star players, really playing their roles and, and stepping up this year. And yet another 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 thing that we're being criticised for is for not having anyone outside our best five players, as we always get told. Yeah, and it's massively important because, as we all know, teams are only going to be as good as their bottom five or six players. And in years gone by, our bottom five or six were pretty average, and it, we, that's why we couldn't get over the line in a lot of games. But now our bottom five or six is at a, at a pretty good level, and players can come in like your broads, um, Lambert, Lambert, and, and actually play a good role for us. We, we don't know that there's not a big difference, um, which is like what the Hawthorns and Geelongs have had for their successful years. So it is good to see that kind of change. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and, and how big, how good's um, Mac, Mac be? Macintosh. Yeah, he was mm. massive in that. He's I really. I mean, yeah, oh, his disposal. My heart's in my mouth a few times when the, when he's kicking the ball, but his 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 ability to run the length of the ground up and down, and his strength at the contest, 
really, really good. He looks a bit awkward without a beard, but I'm glad he gave it to Vlosten because he looks like something from Game of Thrones. But <laughs> Mac was really, really good. Yeah, he's improved quite a lot this season. Well, uh, we'll move on to the review of the game against GWS. So Richmond 9-10-64 defeated GWS 6-9-45, winning by 19 points and putting us into fourth place on the ladder. Before we go any further, Wacko, if I had said to you at the start of the year that after what are we round at the start of round 19 we'd be in fourth place, would you believe me? I would have said you were kidding yourself and we would have been on top of the ladder. I I had a feeling we wouldn't do that again. I mean, we weren't going to go down, even though the media potted us and everyone seemed to think we were done and hard we could draw every straw out of his out of his hand. But I probably wouldn't have said we'd be top four, but I definitely thought we'd be up and around. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the same thought. I didn't think we were going to be any worse than last year. Um, it was almost impossible to be that, but yeah. <laughs> had, a, had a good year so far. But, uh, I mean, the first quarter for me was a bit concerning. We got off to a pretty slow start. They were just hunting in some serious numbers, and the pressure they applied was huge. And they must have had about 20 inside 50s at a minimum, and we were just lucky enough that our back six were good enough to stem the flow to 20-point margin, really. Uh, but after that, I thought we took control of the game. So, Shay, what were your thoughts from after quarter time? Oh, look, I mean, it's been said on most of the, the media forums, and it's all correct. I mean, we, wanted the, we wanted the game and the ball more. I mean, we beat them at the contest. Um, Dylan Shield and a few of the guys, a bit of clean ball handling at the coalface, um, really hurt us early in that first quarter. But we just wanted the ball more. We, we dealt with the, the weather conditions far better. I mean, we're a pretty good wet wet track team. Um, and and every every single time we tackled every contested situation, not only do we want it more, but you you could tell that GWS weren't up for, for the fight when it was getting really, really hard. Well, apart from Callum Ward. Yeah, which speaks volumes about guys that they were able to regroup and bounce back. And Wacko, as the game went on, did you feel like we missed a few chances to actually put them away? Yeah, definitely. I think the scoreline was pretty flattering for them. Um, watching it at the ground, I, as I said before, I almost didn't even get that sense that they were going to come back when they sort of got up and around a bit in the last quarter. I, the way we handled them in the second and third quarter, um, just they looked exposed. It was like us against St Kilda. You know, you just thought, where else could this go? Did you feel like that we kind of were just content in the last quarter just to hold the lead? I didn't feel like we tried to put our foot down and, and accelerate away. We were just yeah. happy with where we were. I think that's probably the case, as it normally seems to be with our games. We don't don't really like putting the, the foot down, which um, can be a little frustrating as a supporter. But The other thing, the other good thing as well was, especially with Jack Rewell up front, I know he didn't have a massive game, but we just played really smart footy. Some of those little taps here and there and some of his work off the ball and things like that was just really, really clever in wet weather. And once mm. the crowd got involved and you could sit, I mean, and that's something that moving into finals will be huge for us. Playing the MCG against some of these teams like GWS that don't hold the weight of support that we do anywhere, let alone MCG. You see, you just tell the crowd getting into it and the boys are feeding off that. And like I said, I, I all jokes aside, I didn't think we we're going to lose that game at pretty much any stage towards the end. 
Gee, I'm glad you had more confidence than I did. I was real nervous. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, yeah, from the second quarter onwards, we did show quite a bit of dominance. And the thing that probably impressed me the most is even though we dominated the general play and the attacking and all that kind of stuff, we still won the tackle count, 65 to 57. Typically speaking, that wouldn't happen um, because they'd be chasing us all game. But it just shows how hard the guys are working defensively, which is a massive aspect of our game this year. I think we, we pressured them into over-possessing it quite a lot. I, I think they ended up almost having 100 more possessions than its um, final stats. But um, like the, there were times when they were just stuck in our forward line and they weren't going anywhere. They, the ball would come out, Ransel lost it, and somebody would mop up around the back and put it back in. And they, it looked like they weren't going to get anywhere at all. Yeah, and that was actually something we spoke about in the preview of this game in the last episode, that we couldn't afford just to bomb it in long and, and let them take intercept marks and for them to rebound. So we kind of beat them at their own game, which is really good. We uh, spoke about, obviously, Vlosten was great down back. He's an absolute rock. Um, Grimes is another one who I think has gone to another level this year. Just the courage he displays on a daily basis is just huge. Uh, and the other player I thought played a pretty good role for us was Broad. He moved on to Toby Green later in the game and kept him pretty quiet. Now, I understand that Green may have been a bit thrown because of the jumper punch incident earlier on, but for Broad to be such a young player, um, given that responsibility to, to shut out Toby Green, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he defends well, and he's quite athletic, but some of the times when he's got the ball in his hands, I think his first few possessions all went to GWS players in the first quarter. Um, but if he can polish that up, I mean, he, it's a good chance. And Che, what do you make of Dion Prestia's game? He, I think he covered about 16 kilometres in the running, so he's definitely working his ass off out there. Yeah, well, look, whether whether he's doing a, you know, a pseudo-tagging role or... Or playing just you know in the midfield, he he's definitely doing a really good job. I think we just have to temper a little bit with the injury he had coming into the club. And yes, we gave away pick six, etc. That maybe a few you know um, undue pressure on him because he's actually playing really well um, and and definitely doing a role for us and, and has allowed Cochin, Martin, and these guys to to flourish as well. I mean, people forget it allows Martin to go forward, takes the pressure off Cochin as well. Yeah, it's huge. I remember last year when we tried to throw Dusty forward, we just simply couldn't get the ball to him because there was no one else really in there bar Cochin, and he just got smashed by the opposition at every chance. So the addition of Prestia and Caddy, while they might might not be getting 30 touches each a week, they're allowing other better players to cause a hell of a lot more damage. Yeah, well, Caddy still gets, you know, Caddy had, what, five, six, six or five or six so tackles, you know, some good pressure acts. So... I mean, it's not just the amount of ball and, and, he, and he kicks goals as well, Caddy. So, like I said, as long as we just temper the fact they're not going to come in and be another Dustin Martin, another Trent Cochin, they're playing very, they're playing some good football. Absolutely. And I was going through the autopsy thread and I found a post that um, I thought summed up the game quite well. It was by Rel. And the post was, geez, I was worried at quarter time. They outran and outclassed us completely. From then on, we upped our pressure and they had no answers. Didn't choke and got the job done. Great team effort. Dusty, another three. Go Tigers. That's, yeah, pretty much sums up the day. So Dusty with another three. Might, Cochran might pinch it from him, but no doubt he'll get three or two votes uh, for that game. He played on the weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely votes in that game. All right, we'll push on to the first topic we'll discuss uh, is International Rules Series. It was announced, I think it was last week, that Chris Scott, I believe, is coaching the team this year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Wacko, on the International Series? This is a concept, the Australia vs. Island Games. Yeah, uh, I, 
couldn't couldn't really give a stuff to be honest. I mean, I was, I, I, I get the idea of it. I was over actually in um, Ireland last year or whenever it was, no, the year before that, uh, whenever whenever it was last in Ireland, um, I was over there and saw, didn't realise, but saw the game was actually on when I was in town and I was going to go to it and then it got to the end of the day and I just couldn't be bothered. Why? <laughs> why am I going to this? And it, it just, I mean, over there, everybody thought it was a stupid idea. Um, I know hardly anyone gives a crap about it over here. So it just seems a bit, yeah, a bit self-indulgent. And they've, they've obviously tried to spice it up a bit by making the rule that all players selected must now be all Australian or strongly in all Australian contention. Based on the above, mm. Che, uh, what, which Richmond players would you think would be in contention at the moment and would you be happy for them to go and play that game? Oh, well, Rant is a given and the way he plays uh, would suit that hybrid sort of game as well. Um, Dustin Martin is another one, obviously. Trent Cochin. Um, and, you know, you'd maybe... Think about on you know forming the AFL Jack Rewalt. Um, they're they're the guys that you know would definitely look to have in the team. Would I want them to go over and play? Uh, I tell you, I, I want to say yes, but I, but I know I'd be pretty dirty, and there'd be some massive melts on big footy if Rance blew his knee playing the international rules game. You know, especially if we uh, we win a few finals this year, and you know it looks like we're going to sniff of maybe a grand final next year. So. Uh, yeah, I'm with Wacko on a, on a lot of that. I'm afraid I'm a bit of a killjoy there. I'm not really big on the international rules either. I um, I also think, well, I also think there's not enough reward either. I mean, you know, whatever trophy they have, I don't even know what it is. But you know, maybe if they had a way of making, you could only make this certain team if you played the game and you played really well. I, I don't know. There's just I'm, I'm with Wacko. I don't really care much about it. What gets me is they say, oh, you know, you can't have state of origin. You know, it's too taxing on the players. Players are going to get hurt. Why would we bother with this? I mean, you're butchering both games. Uh, obviously, we don't really follow Gaelic football over here or anything. Um, but it's obviously neither codes get their proper game. The fans don't really get excited about it. Why don't we just do something simpler like state of origin where you get fans involved, get people excited, and there's not really any more risk. Well, Wacko, I've got a quick question for you, if that's all right, Michael. The question would be, would you be behind the state of origin concept and there everyone are, or maybe an all-star concept? Where, Absolutely. You know, I, I would I would be hugely into an all-star. I mean, someone brought up, maybe I can't remember, SCN or one of those. They brought up where maybe it's like a captain's pick type thing where you have two captains and they, you know, they pick two all-star teams or maybe the fans do it. But I would be behind that. I don't know why the AFL doesn't think the, the footy public would be behind something like that. Yeah, I don't know why they're arguing that either. I mean, I think there would be a lot more support, like you both said, for that as opposed to the international rules. And look, there is still the same risk of injury with any kind of game after the season, but you'd much rather see, you know, a Victoria versus All-Stars kind of game and have the excitement as the traditional game, the best of the best running around. Um, yeah, to me, that would just make great viewing. That'd be fantastic. Rance playing on this person and, you know, is Cochin better than sold at the coalface? Dustin Martin on Dangerfield? That'd be fantastic. Absolutely, and I think we will probably bring up State of Origin on, a, on another episode because that's just a whole other beast in itself, and AFLX as well. They're, they're just trying to get too fancy. Just keep it simple, I reckon. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll push on to the second topic. It was raised earlier in the week on a, one of the threads on the board that Levi Casvolt's been offered potentially about 500 grand to come across to us next season. Racco, would you be happy with that kind of offer for Levi Casvolt? Um, I I really I, I'm of the opinion we need to have one of these available experience tools come in. Um, I'd like to see us go after a young player and possibly through the draft or through a trade. But I think we need somebody to fill a gap as much as we're all, you know, totally over the recycled players and the uh, stop gap thing that we've been doing for the last few years or previously to the last few years. But 500,000 is quite a bit. Um, It's it's quite a bit, but... Think of it this way: Hawthorne are paying Vickery five hundred grand to play box exactly. hill. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Reed, Casbolt, Tippett, any any of the available players, you're probably going to be paying that much anyway. If Sydney will split half the salary or whatever, if you go down the Tippett path, um, it, you sort of it's just it's something we're going to have to swallow. I think we're going to have to fork out some cash for someone. And Che, how do you think that would make us look from a structure and lineup point of view if we were to slot in someone like Casbolt? Um, look, I, I agree with Wacko, so I'm, I'm probably going to have to turn up my big footy account because I know there's a lot of people that don't want cash volume. But um, but basically, he for me, he plays almost an old uh, Benny Gale type centre-half forward slash ruck. Can help out down back, be that relief kick from the back line. Because um, everyone knows he can mark. He's a big body. He's aggressive. Um, and he can actually play ruck. He played a lot as a, as a junior as well. I'd take him away from the goals, take the pressure off him kicking goals, and I'd play him as a as a as a big centre lead up centre half forward who can play in the ruck, and he would definitely straighten us up and keep Rewalk close to goal still. I fully agree, and I know a lot of people are putting up Sam Reed's name as the other option, but for me, Sam Reed can't do that rucking option. So I want to say, look at their stats. I mean, Casual's taller, heavier, has rucked at junior level and at and at the VFL level, um, and and doesn't have the weight of injuries Reed does, and is, you'd arguably say, as good a mark. So I, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, I reckon it's a no-brainer as well, and you know, a lot of people will think all three of us are crazy, but uh, this is, it's easy to say this now, but I reckon if he played with us this year, we would have won, we would have won half of those close losses that we had just to have that bailout option because um, well, we, we often lost the ball at the half-forward line. We just had no one there because Rewalt was triple-teamed. You had another tall in and it changed the dynamic completely. We actually had Todd Elton. You just didn't notice he was there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he does all right sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, he takes the <laughs> Speaking of Todd, we'll push on to the VFL update. Uh, Richmond 16-6-102 lost to Collingwood 14-20-104 so we've dropped down a fifth on the ladder but good to see some accurate goal kicking for a change in a Richmond side the Richmond listed goal kickers we had Stengel with four Hunt with three Townsend with two Elton with two Lennon with one Lloyd with one and Bolton with one and the Richmond listed best players were Hunt, Townsend, Marrick and Stengel Um, did you get along to the game Wacko? Yeah, I was there. Um, I did miss the third quarter um, and the start of the last quarter, which is when we really sort of turned it on. Um, but watching the game, um, we were beaten pretty much all day. Um, we were very lucky that they kicked very poorly and then we kicked very well to stay in the game. Um, and it, I, I didn't really have any standouts watching the game. Um, Stengel obviously bobbed up for a few goals, but... Uh, 
it, it was again we didn't look that good and I even like at the quarter time huddle um Craig McRae was well by his standards you could call it ballistic he's not usually very animated um when I've been in the huddle and he was pretty loud and he was getting in their faces and telling them to do the team thing and not be selfish because there were a few times we just blazed away instead of looking for an option um but yeah I think we're very lucky we keep straight yeah, it was very straight. Well, hopefully it's kind of the, the kick up the arse they need to, to get their act together just before finals. Because other than that, they're looking pretty good. But it is good to see uh, small forwards, you know, getting on the scoreboard and putting a bit of pressure on those already in the team. And I'm going to say his name again. I said it last week and the week before. But Townsend's still having a good year. 23 disposals, 9 tackles and 2 goals. That's another pretty solid game. I'm surprised they haven't tried him yet as a forward option. I think if we even if we tried him... Uh, yeah, we're not going to lose much. And great tackle, good goal sense. Maybe this week could be his week. But yeah, I'm, I'd like to think he'd get a crack sooner or later because there's not much more he could do. And he's totally, an animal. He, he is. He just, he just, when he gets somebody in a tackle, he, he gets them and he makes sure they're in the dirt by the end of it. He's ferocious. He's a big body as well. He's a big body. Yeah, he's like 187 centimeters. I, I would imagine that his pressure acts. The fact that he can kick goals playing midfield, he's very aggressive and he's a big body, would fit our game style perfectly, even to the point where we can probably carry some of his disposal because we're not really playing that heavy, fancy disposal type of game style anyway. Yeah, we don't need him to be an elite kick. We need him to do the grunt work and get the ball out and lay the tackles and lock the ball in. And I think he could do a great job. So, well, we might see him sometime soon. The um, the other player that had a good game for us was Taylor Hunt. 25 disposals, four tackles and three goals. So from all reports, it looked like he had a lot more midfield time, which is probably a good, uh, good way to develop the, another side of his game. And it's just good to see him step up and help out in the VFL you know, when needed. He kicked a clutch goal at the end there to get us back in front, but unfortunately we just couldn't hold on. And the big negative to come out of the game is obviously Big Ben Griffiths injuring his shoulder pretty badly within 30 seconds of being on the ground. He just he just can't get himself in the park for long enough. Yeah, when I saw someone on the ground, I saw the, uh, the tape all over his body and I knew who it was straight away and just... I feel really bad for him. I mean, he was literally... I think he had... Two, two rock contests and that was it. And the, the club obviously rate him pretty highly internally because they're really keen to get him right and he'd be another one that would straighten us up massively if he was able to come in but he just he just can't keep his body right. But uh, the VFL boys are playing North Ballarat this Sunday 11am at Mars Stadium so make sure if you get a chance I've got I've got no idea where Mars Stadium is just quietly, but if you know where that is, get, get down and check it out because the boys are doing pretty well at the moment. We'll move on to the preview for this week's game against Gold Coast. So, uh, Wacko, you and I will be up there to, to watch this one. We will. So we might, oh, a nice holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah we might have to, we're going to try and catch up at halftime and do a bit of a, a live cross and a, a halftime report. But our Gold Coast lost by 54 points last week to the Western Bulldogs, so they're going to be pretty keen to bounce back, especially at home against us. Uh, we've put in some pretty solid performances to maintain our spot in the top four. Um, we have to carry on with it, though. We, we tend to get ourselves in a good position, then have a bit of a mental lapse, and then with how close it is, we're still only two losses away from falling outside the eight, uh, as scary as that is. So we definitely need to stay switched on. Che, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, definitely a danger game. I mean, you don't you don't even have to be a Richmond supporter to know that Gold Coast don't really have any mental fears about us. 
they've obviously got you know got us over got over us a few times and they definitely uh you don't what you don't want is you don't want them having that run and carry um game style off the back line with starting that that they like to do um aaron hall gets his tail up and a few other guys and albert gets hold of the ball and we try if they let them run and gun and make make them let them have unaccountable football we might be in a bit of trouble but let's be honest if we bring any accountability to this game you'd imagine gold coast are going to fold under pressure You'd like to think so. And they've obviously got a, a bit of youth in the team as well now. Their backline's pretty young, with the exception of Harbrow. So uh, hopefully we can take a bit of advantage in that as well. Uh, their small forwards, I, I think, are going to be pretty dangerous as well. So Ainsworth, in his first year, starting to play some good footy. And Jack Martin, when he's up there, is pretty dangerous as well. Yeah, Jack Martin's good. I think he had 10 or so marks on the weekend, didn't he? He's, uh, him and Calamarchi is another one as well. Yeah, they've got that explosive pace. Uh, their big guys, Tom Lynch, is an interesting one. He, he's been a little bit out of form lately, uh, which is good for, well, for us, I hope. But um, he's going to obviously be looking to bounce back pretty in a pretty big way. Uh, Wacko, who do you think is going to get the job on Tom Lynch? I mean, I know I sent through earlier that I, I had a stab at and said Alex Rance. But do we think Rance or do you reckon Asprey? Well, I mean, he, he beat Rance fair and square last time we played them. Um, kicked four goals. We've really got no other choice. You could put Asprey on him, but I think he's probably too good on the lead for Asprey. Um, Asprey would much rather sit and wrestle with Peter Wright, I reckon, deep forward than follow Lynch around. I think it could work out that way because if Asprey is hanging back on Peter Wright, then it hopefully will allow someone like Grimes to come across third man up and kill the contest because Wright's obviously got quite a bit of height on Asprey, so he will need that assistance. Mm. And Lynch does like to push up the ground a bit. But I reckon if Lynch pushes up too high, Rance will just hang back again and stand inside you know, the back 50 or just outside of it and just yeah. cut everything off again, which suits us really well. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned a few of these players before, Che, but Aaron Hall, Saad, Harbrow, and Pierce Hanley, they all have a bit of pace and like to break the lines. What do we have to do to stop them? I mean, luckily for us, we've already got uh, a strength in this area, and that's, you know, uh, Shy Bolton, Castagna, Butler, Rioli, Stengel. If these guys do what they're in the team to do, and that's put the pressure on, um, we just make it really hard for these guys coming out of the back line to try and break the lines. I mean, we tackle them often enough and, you know, and keep that ball trapped in there. I mean, that, that, that'll go hugely towards winning the game is, is, is stopping those guys running out of that back line. And, and our small forwards are the, are the way to kill that off. Yeah, definitely agree. The, the Suns look like they've got a couple of big ins coming back. It seems like Gary Ablett's probably going to come back in because it's a home game, doesn't have to jump on a plane. And Stephen May is probably another inclusion, which is a massive inclusion for them because when I looked at their lineup from last week, I was struggling to find someone that was going to be able to handle Rewalt effectively. But if May comes in, that pretty much solves that issue for him um, and creates a bit of an issue for, for Jack up front. But uh, do we do we have to pay close attention to Gary Ablett? anymore? Do we just let someone go head-to-head with him? When's the last time he was massively tagged? I mean, at any time, when was the last time he was hugely, hugely tagged out of a game? He's really hard to tag. You almost sometimes just nullify him a bit and let him get his touches and try and kill off the other guys from joining in and helping him out. Yeah, he is very hard to tag. I suppose you mainly have to keep a close eye on him around stoppages inside their 450 because he's just so clever. Uh, if he gets out the back, he'll drag a goal um, quite easily. So as long as we keep an eye on that part of it, we should be okay. 
And Wacko, what do you reckon about Dion Prestia versus his old club? This will be the first time he plays against them. There should be a bit of feeling out there. Yeah, it's, it's always good to see a player against their old club for the first time. You get to find out what they're made of. Um, some blokes tend to fold and, and uh, have a howler of a game, and other blokes tend to rise to the occasion and really uh, show their team, old team, while they left. Um, but uh, he, he's been a pretty consistent performer, um, a few off weeks, but he's been winning the ball and he's kicking. There's a few knocks on it, but... I'd expect him to have a good game, especially having uh, another ex-Gold Coast mate in uh, caddy around with him. Yep. No, should be he's, at least he's starting to hit a bit of form with his work rate and his aggression at the ball and all that kind of stuff. At least that's starting to to come come out now. So he, he could get a bit of a run with roll potentially. But yeah, we wish him the best and hopefully he has a good one. And I know we'll talk about some possible changes. We spoke about Basher Hooley before. Is he an automatic in? Like he has Definitely. to be, doesn't he, Coriolis? has to be straight, straight in, you think. I tend to think that it, it might actually be Broad that makes way for him because on the weekend I saw Coriolis played a little bit of half forward um, and he didn't do too bad there. And I'm just not sure if Broad has the same kind of versatility that Coriolis does. But, I mean, it's it's probably going to have to be one of them too. But I think that, yeah, Hooley makes our rebound from halfback a hell of a lot better than what has been. So he's a pretty important cog in the team. I reckon it'll be broad or short. Yeah. I reckon or after short. the wrap the that Alice got um, on the website after the game and watching him at the game, he did a few really good things and his tackling was pretty good. So I reckon they'll, yeah, cut someone out of the halfback line. That's actually a good call because Short hasn't been doing much lately, so I didn't even think about Short. Yeah, that, that would actually that would work, calling for Short. What about Miles though, Wacko? There's, he was actually not too bad before he was injured. Does Miles come straight back in? Yeah, tough one. Um, and who for? I mean, I, I watch him all the time in the VFL and think he's way too good for it. And he was a lot better last time he came out um, two weeks back. But I mean, our midfield's pretty strong now. Um, it's it's kind of... He's almost like a breaking case of an emergency player. So if we play a, a really good contested team, we bring him in. And a team like Gold Coast, which is not probably as contested, we keep him out. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. As you said, though, the hard one is is who do, who would he come in for? The only real player that we could probably not do without, that's probably a bit harsh, but Shane Edwards hasn't had the greatest of years, but it's his 200th game this week, so they're not going to drop him. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we've got such good other small forwards now, he's probably not as essential as what he has been in previous years. We can kind of work around it a little bit. But, yeah, Miles has been pretty stiff, and it's it's a good problem to have, but yeah, you'd hate to be in the selection committee. And then you've got Stengel kicking four goals this week, Bolton kicked five last week. Um, they're, they're bashing down the door. So the, the, the other change we might have is, I think Butler injured his arm in the first quarter I read somewhere, so depending on how that goes, potentially Stengel or Bolton might come in for him. I've been crying out for Rioli to have a rest like half of the uh, big footy board has for the last month and a half, but he actually looked to be moving a lot better on the weekend. He was tackling 
um, and chasing better compared to the previous two weeks. So I don't know if I'd say the same this week, drop him out again. It's it's really a hard call. Like you said, the selection committee have a tough job now. I suppose that's the catch with small forwards is that they are going to have up and down games. But I think the stat that people maybe don't look at too closely that the coaches would is the pressure racks. And I know Castagna, I think, has the highest amount of pressure racks for us as a collective team. So as long as they keep those numbers up high, they are effectively yep. doing their job because they're causing those front half turnovers, which is allowing us to score. Whether it's them scoring or Dusty or Jack, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day as long as the team's piling on the goals. But if they're still doing their part, that's all the coaches really want them to do. Yeah, I agree. So, Wacko, watching the VFL, did Elton do enough to push Soldo out or do roll with Soldo again? I'd I'd probably roll with Soldo. Um, Elton, he he looked a lot better the previous week. Um, Again, like like I said, nobody really stood out. It was because we sort of weren't dominating the game or anything. Like the previous few weeks, we've just been all over the other team and, you know, there's players that are kicking bags of goals and just dominating. But yeah, I'd keep Soldo, and I think his uh, height and uh, tap abilities could be pretty helpful against Peter Wright. When you, when you look at who Soldo's rucked against the last two weeks, he's had Big Mummy and Steph Martin, who were two of the better ruckmen in the game. And I thought he's done all right. So he, the thing is, he's going to ruck a hell of a lot better than Elton is, and both of them probably yeah. offer the same amount almost up forward, whereas Nane Curvis can kind of cover for both of them anyway if he plays up forward. So I think we are better off having a second Ruckman to one give Nankervis a rest and two because he can still play centre half forward and have the same effect as what Todd Elton would probably have out there. Solo gets his hands in the ball a lot as well. He's quite a good tap Ruckman as far as technically getting the taps. Yeah. Yeah, he gave Stephen Martin a bath at the start of the Brisbane game. Um, lots of good taps, but I, the only knock on him, I mean, the big major knock is his fitness. Um, he tends to spend a lot of the time on the bench or just completely missing from the game. So as long as we can carry you know, him impacting the rotations and whatnot, which doesn't seem to be an issue watching the last two weeks, so I'm pretty happy keeping him in. And at the end of the day, his fitness is only going to improve. And he's still very raw, uh, very new to the game compared to other people. And I think he's got a pretty bright future if he keeps tracking the way he is. All right, so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll grab a prediction from both of you. So what do you think the, the final result will be on the weekend? Look, if we, bring, if we bring the pressure, I think we win by about five goals. Yeah, we'll take that every Just, day of the week. <laughs> what, about, <yeah. laughs> what about yourself, Wacko? Yeah, I agree. I think um, as long as our forwards, I mean, we're pretty good at cutting off that rebound when our forwards are on. Um, They're pretty good with the pressure and stopping teams running out of the back easy these days. So I don't think that should be a problem. Um, Having Stephen May back will be, if he plays, will be a big, big plus for them because last week, I mean, they struggled against Redpath. Um, and the Bulldogs don't exactly have a monster forward line. They, I think Mackenzie pulled out before the game too, didn't he, with Saunders? So they had like nobody over 195 centimetres, which is <laughs> almost how our forward line is. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think if we can take care of that, um, I mean, even if Tom Lynch kicks another four or five goals, I don't think that's where the game's going to be won. Um, I think it's going to be the rest of the players. Where are the rest of the goals going to come from? So if we can stifle that, um, should be a Tigers by about, or I'll be a bit conservative and say 37 points. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we can we can trust how good we are defensively as a team. And even like you said, if Tom Lynch does happen to have a bit of a day out and kick four or five, I doubt that 
the others would be able to kick much more. Uh, we are restricting teams quite a bit, and our forward line's functioning okay, but provided we give good delivery, uh, we lower our eyes and, and convert accurately, I think we should win by yeah, anywhere between 35 to 40 points, I'd be hoping for. So just a reminder to everyone that the game is on Saturday night, 7.25pm at Metricon Stadium, and we're live on Foxtel from 7pm. Wacko Jacko and Che88, thanks heaps for coming on the show, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a pleasure being on. Like I said, you guys are doing um, great work with the show. Yeah, it's good to uh, get my voice out there and, uh, yeah, get to listen to myself and play it back all night now. It's going to be great. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> and, and cop the, uh, and cop the uh, whatever they bring on big footy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't had too much criticism yet. We're going all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, guys. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.